Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Habibis. I'm your host for today, Osama Darius. And I am Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm Rami Ismail. And we are three game developers drinking good Arab tea. Well, yes. that's what happens when you just throw me in there. <laughs> I mean, we've only, we've only said this intro like 50 times. <laughs> 45 at this point. 45. I need to be mentally yes. prepared for it. I can't just, for, like, your host Rami, now go in the middle Rami, of the intro music. Rami, you're, you're discounting the outtakes, so it could be even That's closer true. to 60. That's true. <laughs> for context, the Habibis launches a new episode of the podcast each Friday at 2 p.m. European time, inshallah. inshallah. We're recording this on Friday at 3 p.m., an hour after the episode is supposed to be live. <laughs> Wait, so it's supposed we to go just... out at 2? I thought it's 12. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> but the important thing is we just started recording and we're figuring things out now. So, uh, Osama, you're the host. That's going well. Yes. Yeah, everything's... <laughs> So far, it's so good. So far, so every, far so every, good. with the first one minute forty-five so far, it's just quality podcasting, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're nailing it. All right, so I guess let's get started. Uh, have any of you done anything interesting this week that you want to talk about? Catch us up. Uh, uh, Fauzi goes first. I guess it's a bigger week for you. We just um, flipped the switch this morning. The game is worldwide launch. Yeah, Mabruk. you know that um, uh, that uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I think there was like an Evo at some point, and there was Harada from the Tekken uh, yes. community. Yes, mm-hmm. and he was uh, wearing this shirt that says "Stop asking me for bleep." Right. <laughs> 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 I think it's, it's usually on launch day when I like Harada son. You're in my thoughts. <laughs> Thank you for making that t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah. remember that. For, for people who are new or who don't know what game it is, can you tell us a little bit about what yes. you're up to? Yeah, exactly. So today, Battlefield 2042 launches worldwide on PS4, PS4 Pro, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox One X, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and PC globally. Um, so uh so switch when yeah switch is (laughs) (laughs) Um, no comment on that one (laughs) i'm expecting a lot of no comments in this episode (laughs) (laughs) no comment on that one yes the game is out millions of people are playing it yeah i played your open (laughs) beta i had a really good time i can't wait to play with you Oh man, we yep. should we should definitely play. We fixed Let's a lot of happen. stuff since the beta, so and we've launched a, a big patch today to solve some uh, server stuff and a bunch of other fixes. So yeah, it's been um, it's been a journey, but I'm like you know so um, so proud of the team. First of all, like it's an incredible accomplishment. For like, you know, this is so many platforms, <laughs> like it was a mouthful just to say all the platforms <laughs> that we're supporting. Um, also to do like one of our most ambitious Battlefield games all from home. And to be able to like, you know, more than like the entire production of this game was almost from home. So just for people to be able to to pull through this is uh, is incredible. Yeah. I, I am incredible. so proud of what the team has managed to do. 
and we'll continue to do so like you know uh, we're already like have so many uh, so much plans and stuff coming up for the game so it's uh it's a big moment you know the other day i was like um i was standing in front of uh uh there was this big billboard here in in the center of stockholm was like you know of battlefield mm-hmm. and says um and and it says made in stockholm uh with help from people um in their homes across the world mm-hmm. and i'm like and i'm standing and looking at this uh, you know giant billboard and i and i'm kind of like you know i had this like very emotional moment i'm like you know standing there for 15 minutes and i go like 18 year old me you know this little <laughs> arab kid was like i'll be happy if i make a game any game you know mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. And when I was making my first video game, I was like, me and the other boys would like, you know, finish making that thing. And then we'd go to the LAN and play some Battlefield 1942. <laughs> so so I'm like, you know, standing there like, I'm in Stockholm. <laughs> I never right. would have never would have imagined that I would be living here. And I'm I'm looking at this billboard of this game that I made. And I'm like, this was even beyond the the dream capabilities of 18-year-old me. Yep. You know, 18-year-old me was like, if I make a game one day, that'll be cool, but that's probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it was a moment when I'm standing there and looking at this billboard and I'm reflecting on this journey and I go like, oh yeah, I I made the game in Japan. Oh yeah, I worked on like, you know, some JRPGs that I really, really liked. And like, I'm in... Stockholm, looking at this billboard of this massive game that I'm a huge fan of. And like 18, 19 years ago, when I was making my first game, uh, I was playing <laughs> the first one of these. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's wild. Like uh, like yeah. I said, I, you, you this, suddenly see the journey, right? This yeah. Arab kid, this little Arab kid in me was like, you know, at some point I remember going like, I'm just not born in the right place to ever be able to do this, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. Uh, and here you are inspiring an entire new generation of yes, Arab kids. I, Absolutely. I, I, if, if I help in any way for that to happen, uh, that, that will be the true life objective for me accomplished. If I manage to inspire one person somewhere. I think you uh, have a lot of life goals accomplished then. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, it's no. actually one of the things I speak about once in a while is that uh, whenever game designers get together, oftentimes one of the com- pieces of conversations is, when did you realize you wanted to do this? Like it comes up often. Yeah. And so many of my peers, a lot of them, it's they say it's when they were really young. When, oh, when I got my Nintendo when I was six, when I did this yeah. when I was seven. And I, I know that's that's the feeling for a lot of people. But for me, it was when I was 27 and my friend Ahmed, Mm-hmm. became a game designer and i'm like ah oh, i could do that it like <laughs> clicked something in my head i became a, ga- a professional game designer at 28 wow so like you your story fauzi our stories are going mm-hmm. to be that click for so many people now um, right. i'm so grateful for that i was grateful for my friend ahmed who became a game designer before me and unlocked that potential even though i had been already making games crappy yeah. flash games but i had been making games for for years over a decade at that point Mm-hmm. So, right, it's never it's never a job or a career, right? Like no. not not for not for, at least when when we were young, uh, and before that, when Osama was young, uh, it just <laughs> way before it that wasn't. <laughs> it, just, it just wasn't a thing that you would 
that you would consider as a thing you could do, right? Not you, but also not your parents, not your family, not the people around you. Because, you know, you would look at the names and, and the name that was closest to ours would be like John Romero because it wasn't Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I just, I played all these games and to me, they were made by magic. Yeah. Because yeah. all the people that were in those games had names that I just couldn't imagine. Like yeah. Chris Sawyer. Yeah. Or like, what? Are you, who's that? What is that? Like, it's clearly not an Arab. It's clearly not like there's no Ramis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no Fuzz. There's no Samas. There's no any of the people, any of the people in the in the Discord right now that make games, right? Yeah. They're they're names that people see in the credits of their favorite games. Yeah. In in the and there's research after research that says that the biggest difference you can make uh, to bring marginalized or underrepresented people into a field. Right. Yes, there's the structural issues of how they are treated when they get into the industry, but wanting to get in there in the first place, mm-hmm. uh, a large part of that is just seeing a name. Yeah. Yeah. And going, hey, that's yeah. like me. Yeah. It's, I think it's really like one of the most difficult things for me starting up is that, like, you know, I don't know what a real game developer looks like. I've never seen one. You know, um, no one I know around me has seen one. And everybody was like, you know, um, you know, that they like the, the concept of like, oh, yeah, it's nice that you want to be a game developer, but you really should be focusing on, you know, getting a real job so you can put, put yeah. food on the table. Because like those people don't exist. They're not there. And, yeah. you know, the, the biggest thing I struggled with was doubt. It's like, like. I'm probably, you know, the, the, what if this dream is nonsense? You know, what if I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on the wrong things? Right. I think this yeah, is what makes this uh, emotional, uh, uh, you know, this moment even more emotional is because of... Uh, it worked out. Yeah, it did work out. But it's also yeah. because I'm acknowledging that I was also very lucky, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You know, like, there's been a lot of people that have put their trust in me. You know, there's been a lot of people that believed in me and I was, you know, in the right place at the right time. And then after like, you know, 80% of like all sorts of other issue and I put a lot of hard work, but it wasn't just the work, you know, there's a lot of things yeah. that right. happened to, to, to cause this to, you know, right. ended up happening to me. I am, I am grateful. But- but for you, like in, in our time, when we were younger, even having the dream was already hard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And with the stories that are happening now, and there are many like us that didn't make it into the games industry, sometimes because of work, sometimes because of bad luck, sometimes because of racism, sometimes because of location yeah. or economy or language barrier, or all these other walls that the international industries throw up for Arab kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is why, like, you know, I almost made it my, my, you know, my life objective to be the person I hope I met when I was yes. a kid. Yep. You know, like, Same. if, like, if that was, if there was a person, like, I wish I've met somebody who, um, who could uh, help me learn these things in a language that I can understand. Or he could tell me, like, you know, focus on these things instead of that things. Or, like, just, you know, be and go, like, oh, that's person is kind of like me and i could be like him or her one day yeah. um yeah I, I, just like i want to be that you know that person that i wish i've met and i will strive to be that person I, i'm not saying that i am by any stretch of the imagination but you know i want to work hard to be that person i i want to be the person that 
16-year-old me could have met and then ignored because he thought he was annoying, but still be inspired by. Mm -hmm. Right? Because that I would have never listened to somebody older than me when I was 16. <laughs> right? That just, it wasn't going to happen. But it would still have Authority been such issues. a... I, yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> but it still would have been so valuable for me to see... A, a Fauzi or uh, uh, or an Osama or, uh, you know, uh, in my case, Muslims, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Anissa or Sara or uh, any of the other, like, incredible people we've had on the show. Like, uh, all of them, like, all of them would have made such a difference. I just genuinely did not believe mm -hmm. there was a path in my life that could lead here. Even though I've been wanting to make games, like Osama said earlier, since, since I was six. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's always been this like hobby. It was never a real thing. I thought exactly. of being a pilot. Mm -hmm. That was my other. That was my backup plan. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, eventually, pilot wasn't a thing anymore. So it, it became okay. Well, let's let's make games, and I'll figure out what my job is going to be later. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and it wasn't. Uh, I got lucky that the Netherlands had Game Design University, so I could at least tell my dad, like, no, listen, it's a it's a real. It's real education, but had I been 10 years earlier, that wouldn't have existed yet. Yeah, yeah. that wasn't around in my time. Right. Yeah. So I, I would have never made it in because I, yeah. I was not going to, you know, I, me and my dad at that time, we, we didn't really see eye to eye all that much. But I respected, I respected him and I was not going to take a, take a hobby as a job that sounded ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Uh, but now there was a school. Okay, maybe I can try that. Yeah, uh, for me, like, um, you know, the idea of studying game development was also one of those things that I couldn't imagine, right. know, which is kind of ironic because now I teach it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, Same. growing growing up, I was like, well, if I, I know I want to make games. So if I want to make games, I probably need to know computers because they need computers to make games, right? Right, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I probably need to learn Japanese because all games are made in Japan. Like <laughs> the, oh, wow. two very wrong assumptions, like you know, not wrong but not um, accurate assumptions at all. So I was like, I don't know, you know, I didn't know. But that's what my, uh, my 16 or 15 year old brain could come up with. So like, okay, and then I studied computer science. I studied I mean, Japanese, and it worked. <laughs> 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 It's really funny because I thought all games were made in America and that like Miyamoto was just an American name. Wow. <laughs> I was funny. like, oh, that must that must be from must be from that Hollywood place, huh? Yeah. Um I, I genuinely did not realize that there were multiple places games got made. Uh until yeah. I started playing those like weird ROM hacks where the text was still in Japanese. And I was like, <laughs> Oh yeah. These are probably not from America. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I always thought that the US was like the, the only place games got made because all the names sounded so US. And I started, I guess you started on, on console, Fauzi. Yeah. Atari, uh, uh, Nintendo's Atari, Atari stuff like and stuff like that. Space Invader yeah. was the first video game I played. Right. And that was a Japanese game. Then it's right. Pac Man, yeah. also a Japanese game. I started, my first game was called Jump Joe. But then mm -hmm. after that, there was like Grand Prix Circuit and Transport Tycoon and like ah, stuff okay. like that. So I very much came up on the PC sort of sim slash strategy side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which was just was just US games, right? Yeah. That Almost was a later part of my life. That's maybe my junior high, yeah. uh, like You're late elementary like school. Babies. Late yeah. elementary school. But like, you know, before that, it was Nintendo. 
<laughs> Sega, um, Atari, but that uh, the the Japanese games that were ported onto the Atari machine. I, I you know, when I was a kid, I thought Atari was a Japanese console. Um, yeah. MSX uh, was only Konami games that I had. And MSX was uh, so MSX was my second console, and that was Japanese, and yeah. like you know, all the Konami games on it. So. But also, like, it was also that era in, like, the 80s in which, like, uh, pretty much everything cool came from Japan as far as I was yes. concerned. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, the, my Walkman was uh, was Sony. Sony. My dad mm-hmm. drove a Toyota. We had a Toshiba a car, you know, my JVC um, uh, VHS player. And, like, there was a Nintendo. Like, and we were watching all these cartoons, like Captain Tsubasa and all of this stuff. So... Japan was this like magical place for me as a kid when like all the cool stuff came from. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's why I, I was leaning in that direction more, I guess. Hey, I mean, I, I, I've had that moment, of, uh, I think once or twice, where you just look at something and you realize like what it worked. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's a weird moment. It feels, it feels small and very big at the same time, right? Yeah. Um but it's it's I think it's that tracing the line back to that first moment you remember of really wanting this to work out but knowing that it probably wasn't. Yeah. And I'm standing on the other end now and being like Whew. Yeah. Man, uh there's a story I don't think I've ever told on uh, on the air before. Um when I was working for like um <clears throat> one of the companies in Jordan, the small independent studio, and we were working on this game really hard for like three and a half years. And then the studio ran out of funding and we were shutting down. Mm-hmm. And like it's already been three months and we haven't been paying anybody. It was very rough. And we were all brokenhearted because we all really believed in this project. We put our hearts and soul into it, and then like, yeah, you know, stuff just didn't work out. And I remember like a lot of people in my team, um, there was this uh, dude that uh, came up to me and he was saying, um, so, you know, like, I'm um, an accountant. This person is a 3D artist. That person is a programmer. And we've had experiences in these fields before, so we have something to land onto. And he's like, you've only worked in games for now. I was was like five or six years at the time. What are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. I I at least do can can do database uh, the development, right. so I'm gonna just go back and do that. And I remember that night I was so disheartened that I you know, I bought a giant SQL book, and I just oh. sat down and was studying the entire evening, going like, yeah, that's it. You know, um, oh, no. it's going back to this uh, to the I'm gonna be building databases because like I gotta put food on the table and something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was like a tough night. Like you know, a couple of a uh, couple of nights of me going like, yeah, you know, it's it's time for me to to be real. You know, yeah, to find a real job after all. Get a real job because yeah, yeah. You, you know, you've done the dream. You know, you've lived it for a while. That was nice. Now it's time to grow up. And uh, yeah. yep. Uh, yeah, I think a lot. What's a the lot happy of ending? Kids. I want to know the happy ending. Well, I I'm here, right? So like another, yeah. uh, uh, there was this uh, comic this... book company in Jordan. And um, they contacted me to help in some of the writing, but then they were like, oh, maybe you can start a gaming division <laughs> here wow. as well. Yeah, so they brought me over and I ended up starting a gaming division. And like within a week from that incident, I was back to making games. That's amazing. Right. But I think, I think the important part is that sometimes there isn't a happy ending yeah. yes. at that point. Yeah. Correct. Right. 
that that's part of a journey like this is sometimes things are bad sometimes things don't work out sometimes a project fails or the money rolls runs out or uh you know you you do something and you think i i made the wrong choice and uh, it can't always work out right that's just yeah. that's part of it and for some people the story ends there right like the dream ends there and they do find something else and for many cases those people end up happy too right yeah, exactly that's that that's kind of the part of of these stories that people don't tell very often but i met this kid once in um in south africa a mm-hmm. uh, game developer by accident his dad had enrolled him in the wrong uh program huh. um mm-hmm. and um uh, so he ended up a game developer and I was super inspired by his story and he was making very different stuff because he just hadn't grown up with video games. Invited him over to the US for GDC for uh, the One Reason to Be panel, which was mm. a panel where I would fly people from all around the world to to the US. He gave a talk there and the talk was so funny that he ended up uh, going to a stand-up night, <laughs> did some stand-up there, loved it, uh, went back home and now is a professional stand-up comedian. Wow. Oh my god! <laughs> <That's so cool. laughs> right, uh, but that—that's kind of it. Like sometimes the story just doesn't go the way you predict or want, and very frequently it still works out. Uh, it's rare, right, that you can look at your story and sort of see like a straight line in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And true. I think that's what makes moments like the moment Fauzi is describing so special, is because from one moment it feels like it was a line. Right. And then you start to see like uh, it feels like a line and then the line sort of like start starts like shimmering a bit. And then it gets you remember all the like very high ups and very low lows. But you came back to that line every time and you're thankful for that. Yeah. Right. That Uh, moment will never leave me because, you know, at that time, I, you know, and I was probably right. I felt that I have failed. Right. You know, I. I couldn't do the game. I couldn't help my team. I couldn't launch that game and make my and that my team around me's dream a reality, right? Mm-hmm, and yeah. there was a part of me that kind of like, and you know, you get you get what you deserve, <laughs> right? right? Because you you couldn't do it, then yeah, you know, let leave that for people who can. Yep. And um, I think I always look back at that moment and thinking that. Um, if I if I regret something about that moment is that I was too hard on myself and like you know I didn't um, I wasn't like I was empathetic towards all of those around me but I wasn't towards myself and in which like you know I I expected myself never to fail and that is unrealistic you know and. <laughs> Until this day, like, you know, when I when I talk to people and they tell me about, like, you know, um, about, about starting my career and all of this, and I go, like, I, I've been fortunate enough that I've been, been able to make all of these mistakes mm. so that I'd be able to learn from them. And if I didn't make all of these failures and these mistakes and learn the hard way, I don't think a lot of these learnings would have been, have been ingrained in me right yeah. now. Absolutely. It's actually a beautiful story. It has a sad moment, but it's a beautiful story. <laughs> I, I think every good story has a sad moment. I agree. Like, I, agree. I, I, I think, you know, like uh, a lot of people think of the 2018 uh, Game Ambassador uh, Game Award, uh, Game Ambassador Award that I got at GDC as like a high point in my career. I can tell you with, with 
full confidence like that it was one of the low points of my career oh my god because you just kind of don't you don't know what to do with yourself when you get an award like that it's like well you did it it's like uh, okay now what? so what what do i what do i do now like the, is am i done um and it was when a lot of stuff was shifting in my life and a lot of things were changing in my life and uh just getting sort of this this sense of like you've you've done the thing go do something else like it, it brought me back to being a kid and and the f- feeling fauzi is just describing where you're like okay so you've done you've done the fun thing now right so it's time to like grow up hmm. right um it was a really weird time just everything at the same time just kind of went like okay so what's next I was like, but I, but I like it here. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to do a next. Um, and it was this really weird sort of like super destabilizing moment. I think a lot of people underestimate just how much of your being and your person and your, your emotional well-being gets attached to what you do when you do something that is as personal and as human as game development, like people think of it as a creative job or not a creative job as a technical job, but it's a creative job. It's a human job. It's a job about working with people and uh, collaboration and, and, you know, success together and failure together. If, if, you know, everything is set up properly. Mm -hmm. Um, And when things don't go right, it really hurts. But sometimes even when things do go right, it really hurts. Yeah. Especially and, for marginalized developers. I I mean, I'm part of different channels. I'm sure you are as well. I'm part of different channels of marginalized developers. And the amount of people you'd be shocked who have considered leaving the industry in various periods of their career, what you would imagine would be high points. Like they just shipped a successful project or they just got landed a big job and they're still, they have one foot out the door for various reasons that you don't see. Because right. you know you don't see all their lives, it's staggering. It's shocking. Yeah, at the time as well, like you know, it was it was the emotional part of me that was kind of like, all right, you know, it's time for you to grow up and get a right. real job and all of that. But there was also an actual necessity at that time. It's been three or four months when I haven't been paid, and I was yeah. uh, too proud to ask my uh, parents or family for money. So none of them knew till this day that um, you know, like I was, uh, you know. Changing my nope. meal habits, I was eating once a day, kind of thing, wow. um, or right. like you know, reusing tea bags <laughs> so that I'll be able to uh, to sustain myself through the month. Uh, like I, I wasn't gonna, you drinking, know, drinking good Arab reused tea bags. <laughs> reused tea bags. There was this one point where like I like I had almost nothing to the point that like you know. My diet consisted of like dry bread that I got from the from the bakers for free, and I need to right. use that tea bag to kind of soften it up a bit. It was yeah. <laughs> it was it was yeah. quite tough, but right, um, yeah, coming out of it, and I think like you know till this day, uh, knowing what that feels like, and still being able to maintain myself and like sorting myself out is mm-hmm. is kind of I believe right. is what it built the human that I am right now for better or right. worse <laughs> if right. you know me um, yeah. and like you know we are the accumulation of all of those moments coming in together so I don't look yeah. back at it in any other feeling other than you know that's part of who I am and I am proud of that good yeah good yeah. 
Yeah, also for people listening, please don't do the dry bread like soft no, no, thing. No, like, no. Cup noodles, not, that's where it's at. It. That's it. That's it. No. <laughs> also don't do that. Uh, don't, don't forget that the one of the odd things about stories like this is that you can only listen to the people for who it did work out, right? Yes. And there are a hundred yeah. versions of Fauzi that didn't have it work out. No. Uh, and that never got their moment in Stockholm. And that's part of what makes that moment so special is realizing that you're the one for who it did work out. And that's why um, I really want, wanted to make a point, and I need to make it again, is that I am 100% you know, aware of I am privileged and lucky. Yeah, um, and you know, the, this is not just me. This is, right. this is a lot but, of things coming in together. But um, I would like to counter-emphasize that being privileged doesn't mean privileged in every way. No. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> because again, you were that Arab kid that grew up with no role models to look up to that looked like you, that sounded like you, that talked like you, that had the language that you had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that is part of, and it's part why it's your mission. I know it's Osama's mission. I know it's my mission is to make sure that uh, around the around the industry, we are visible and working towards giving people that role model just because we know we're lucky to yeah half of what we have now we're right. lucky to have this uh, position of being able to talk to people and uh, hopefully they read like uh, our words reach right. them that is also a privilege and that's what yeah. i mean like everybody's privilege is kind of different i right. try to make sure that i check mine you know right yeah it's important it's important but it's also important to not write away the way you are marginalized because i see that as well right i see people mm-hmm. that grew up marginalized that grew up underrepresented and then they are successful and they write away that part of them yeah, and they attribute it to like luck and hard work and stuff like that. But it stops saying like no, but it was also harder yeah. than it could have been, or maybe should have been, uh, just because of these circumstances in my life. And yeah. I acknowledge that I needed more luck, right? I needed to be more lucky to yeah. get to where I am now than somebody that might have been in the U.S. or in Sweden or in the U.K. or wherever. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to call all of those dimensions out to a story like this because they are important. They do yeah, matter. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. So we're starting with sort of a light topic, I hear. Yeah, today. yeah exactly. Very light. <laughs> let's transition so let's, to like games. The more, the more serious <laughs> stuff now. We're bringing it back. The game is out. People are playing it. I am so happy. And um, it's a great moment. Mabruk, and for those who are playing Mabruk. it, I hope you're enjoying it. Thank you very much, you guys. Um, and we will play soon. And yes. I, I'm going to get wrecked. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> you know, the other day I watched this uh, this tweet of this dude. Um, he's a content creator on Twitch. Um, and he's, he was playing Destiny 2, I think, mm-hmm. while, while, uh, while uh, freestyling rap. So he was he was freestyling what's going on in his PvP match. Wow. While playing Destiny 2. And yeah. it's like super like 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 nice rhymes. Like it was he yeah. was the guy was speaking the truth. <laughs> I, I loved it. I, I loved it. And then like, you know, I, I retweeted the, his uh, account who like grew by 10,000 followers in like a night because of that wow. uh, thing. Nice. And wow. um, <laughs> and then like a friend of mine was like, um, "All right, so is Battlefield next? Are you gonna do that?" I was like, "Dude, <laughs> I can barely play Battlefield when I'm playing Battlefield. Imagine, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> imagine multitasking and trying to do something else." <laughs> yeah, I- I'm getting at that point in my in my 
age, I guess, where I'm realizing that I'll never be as good of a gamer as I was growing up before. And it's kind of sad. So <laughs> I can't I, believe we went from like the small topic to like the small topic again. <laughs> okay, you know what? Not, well, we're, we're, moving to, <laughs> we're moving to Osama's like aging. Let, let's move <laughs> away know. from that. Let's, 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 let's talk about I, what we've played during talk, the week. Yeah, let's exactly. talk about age. Okay, okay. Let's talk about age. Let's talk about long periods of time passing. Okay. I watched... Shang-Chi. Oh, oh. yes! <laughs> Finally! And now that you have, I forgot wow. it, so we can't talk about it because it's what a transition so though. What a transition. <laughs> like talking about long shots. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was a stretch. The maximum the maximum distance. But it's also <laughs> true. I think we first talked about Shang-Chi in 2017 on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had seen it a week before it came out, and I was super excited to talk about it when it was a hot topic. <laughs> it's no longer anyway, a hot topic anymore. What do you think? It's good. Yeah, it's great. Uh-huh. It's, it's really good. They do that thing where the third act feels like it has nothing to do with the first two acts. <laughs> but yes. um, it was beautiful. Yes. Just beautiful. And it was really nice to see an origin story that kind of doesn't start with weird like i don't know I, you know the thing that made me tired about the movie there was one thing i didn't like about the movie mm-hmm. which is like how come all these superheroes always end up in san francisco <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with them it's usually like go new anywhere york, else though, isn't it new york san francisco yeah. los angeles like what yeah. why doesn't nobody just like find a nice place to chill <laughs> and like you know, Paris. Maybe yeah. the conference oh, is right. there and they just have right. to go. Yeah, the superhero <laughs> conference. The yeah, superhero yeah, yeah. conference. The SHC. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's the one thing. Or it's like the, the entire opening sequence. I'm like, it's so nice to see somebody with a, with a different experience than grew up in the U.S., had life in the U.S., got bitten by a radioactive spider in the U.S., <laughs> and then became the superhero that protects Brooklyn in the U.S., yes. right? Like, I, every other superhero is that. So I was just like, oh, it's so nice to see something else. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm so tired that this kid isn't growing up in China. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I get it. Like, uh, obviously, I don't want to dismiss the, the Asian-American experience or the American, I don't know which, which order those words go. But uh, obviously, that's a very unique experience as well. And it's a huge demographic. And there's a lot of people like that. But at the same time, not being from the US and not really having a connection to the US. Like, what is happening in the United States of America that all the superheroes happen to be there? Like, why didn't, how did Thor end up landing in New Mexico? <laughs> of all places. Like, he had all of the planet to land. And he went like, yes, desert. <laughs> We're going to go to the stretch of desert. He didn't go like, oh, the Sahara looks like a nice place. <laughs> it's a much bigger desert. Way cooler intro. Yep. It should have been like, a bigger chance of him just falling in water anyway. Yeah, just like... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but that's kind of the thing. Like it, that, that made me tired. Like I, I remember being very tired during the first, for the first like act of the movie. And then the movie kind of transitions into this almost you know this mythological marvel universe yeah where time and place are sort of like less relevant there's an entire sequence in a giant skyscraper fighting hall thing um and it's like that's nice like now we're out of the room but every real world starts in the same place so i i just kind of went like uh but it was nice to see a different culture represented i agree i actually right 
it reminded me so much of the martial arts movies I used to watch and loved as 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 a younger Osama, you know, like millions of years ago. I loved them so much. I used to like that. The martial arts were on point. It was so strong. I loved it very much. That that was the saving grace for me. Um, yes, I also felt the same thing about the why did it have to come back to the states? It always does. But at mm-hmm. this point, I'm I'm almost numb to it. Uh, but one thing that is like I thought was really interesting is that it felt like the entire movie's goal was to retcon a mistake that the MCU had made with Iron Man three. Right, right. Like the like without. I don't know how much we can spoil it, but without going... Of, of Iron Man 3 from 2014? No, 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 no. Shang-Chi. I don't care about this. That movie also Iron came 3. out in 2014. We're just very yeah. late. Iron Man 3 spoiled Iron Man 3, if you can... Right. <laughs> if I'm, as far as I'm concerned. But like I, the think, whole, the I think whole... we can do spoilers on this. Yeah. So yeah. The, the whole story of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 and how it wasn't real, and it was... Like it was just a person putting on an act to pretend they were a terrorist organization uh, or what have you. That whole story was just wrong. It was just bad. It, it, it took a character who was like important in the Marvel Universe and it trivialized them. And Shang-Chi fixed that. So Shang-Chi just said, no, that was just a thing that we would rather put aside, you know, to and they retconned it. And it was it was so well done. Like the way that they executed it was so so well done that you could watch Iron Man 3 uh and then Shang-Chi saves it. It almost makes Re- Iron Man 3 retroactively a better movie uh, as a result. Uh does that make sense to any of you? Did you read the comics? Do you know who the Mandarin is in the comics? Uh, I have no yeah. clue. I'm staying silent in this conversation. <laughs> So the Mandarin is very different in the comic. He's uh, a actually a, a, a bad character. He's a caricature of a Chinese person who's lived for a very long time, who has 10 rings, and each ring has a different power, and he's just evil for the sake of being evil. In Shang-Chi, they humanize him m- more. And they, they kind of, they, they take the rings and they like kind of make balance them a bit because the, the, the Shang-Chi's rings are almost like the Infinity Stones in the, in the universe, how powerful they were. Not that to that extent, but they were pretty damn powerful. So they kind of um, fix so many things in one shot. They take Shang-Chi, they make him more relevant, they up his power level by giving him the rings, they fix the Mandarin story arc, they put to rest the Mandarin character. Like it's they they do so many good things in one movie where it felt like it's that movie that had so many different purposes and they achieved all of them. It was if you're a comic book fan, you're gonna love the movie. If you're a martial arts fan, you're gonna love the movie. From what I see from my reaction of the uh, of my Asian and Asian American friends, if you're Asian and Asian American, you're gonna love the movie. And if you just love the MCU, you're gonna love the movie because it's it's just a standalone good movie on its own. So to me, it's a win 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 win. Like that's so rare in in in, in today's times where you could just make everybody happy. Everyone except Rami, but everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the movie overall. Yeah. It was just that intro made me very tired. I agree. Uh, I do agree. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was just poking right. fun a little bit, but I do agree. No, no, you're right. You're 100%. right. But, yeah. I, I do think, and I mean, from from the response I've seen from from folks in Asia, it was generally well received. I think in China, it's a little more hit or miss. Yeah, uh, which obviously that that is a large part of where the movie takes place. So I don't think we can dismiss that entirely no. either. But I also can't speak on behalf or for or like you know I can only amplify what I've heard. Yeah. Um. 
So I don't know. I, I thought it was gorgeous. I thought it was really, really nicely done. It was nice to see different mythologies sort of like woven into the MCU. Yeah. Uh, away from like a World War II soldier and a yeah. Soviet experiment and <laughs> uh, a playboy philanthropist. And, you know, like uh, you have a little bit of like Norse mythology, but it's so far away from North mythology that it might as well not be. Yeah. Uh, you've got the radioactive like monster, like all of it is very U.S. culture, and Shang Chi, as a character, is still kind of steeped in like a Americanized version of Asian mythology, of Chinese mythology. Mm -hmm. um, but it it is cool to see it woven in uh, with apparently uh, you know some some consideration for the the source material, which is cool. Yeah. I'm um, looking forward to when Rami Malik becomes the MCU's version of whatever an Arab superhero is going to be. <laughs> well, we're getting one, right? We're getting Moon Knight. Moon Knight is... Um, not an Arab. He's not an Arab, yeah. No, but it sounds like they're, uh, they brought aboard in... Uh, because if I remember correctly, Moon Knight is the one that gets his powers from an Egyptian old, like old Egyptian god, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, I and the movie takes place in Cairo, I think. Does it? I think so. I didn't More know it was a movie. I thought Moon Knight was a TV. Oh, sorry, show. the series. Sorry, yeah. the series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think that they brought on board uh, Mohammed Diab. Yes, he's a, a director on the movie, I believe. On the series. On the series, yeah. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> um, and that's it. That's an Egyptian as Egyptian. Yeah, <laughs> that's Pretty like ma that. That's an Egyptian right there. So it's a step uh, in the right direction, but Moon Knight, the character, is is, is of Jewish kind of origin. A mess. Yeah, it's not, right. and like he has, he has. Uh, it's basically, uh, well, I think he was the first or one of the first uh, Jewish characters, which is important. Uh, right. He also has mental disorders, uh, which right. I don't know how they're going to handle that, but I assume in this day and age. Uh, carefully, <laughs> I hope um, so. yeah. So it's it's and you, you're right. It's an uh, Arabic director, so it's a step in the right direction in that. But I want our Shang Chi. You know what I mean? Right, right. I yeah, want we that. Got, uh, Before that, Marvel. I used to say I want our Black Panther. So like you know, right. it's in that category, I want that. I I just want I just want some representation yeah. that isn't that isn't us being in the opening act yes. and getting shot. Yes, and, and Miss Marvel is one of the closest, by the way. Right. I'll, I'll have yeah. agree to that, yes. That's funny. I'm also just happy that our names are now in credits on games. Yeah. Yep, yep, That's yep. good. It's a Th lot to things celebrate. Are, <laughs> things are, it's slow progress, man. It's progress. It's anyway, Shang-Chi, beautiful, uh, lovely, really enjoyed it. Fight choreography was incredible. Uh, movie has colors, which is also nice. Yeah, colors just, are great. Just so many colors um and heart it had a lot of heart it was fu genuinely funny in a lot of scenes i mean give any give any story a conflict between a proud father and a kid trying to live up to it and i'm like yeah i feel i feel that absolutely i i understand these emotions <laughs> um did you play so anything this week uh i i did what'd you play let me see. I, oh, I played a lot of stuff. I was in Norway at a conference called Consul in the city of Bergen, which is apparently one of the most rainy places on earth, <laughs> uh, which I, I did not know, but it, it clearly is. So I played a lot of games at the conference, and I don't know which ones I can can or cannot talk about. So that's kind of a problem. Okay. Um, I got a new flight stick for Flight Simulator. 
That's awesome. uh, for the Xbox. Huh. Which is really cool because obviously I have a full setup at my at my uh, desk, but at the same time, I really wanted to play that game on the couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing is just a full flight controller from the couch, and it's really good. And I've played a whole bunch of beat Osama score in Forza Horizon. 5. <laughs> it's not very hard to beat my score it's, in Forza Horizon. 5. It's pretty straightforward, but everywhere I see your name, I'm just like, well, got to do better than that. <laughs> You uh, do you do know that that's all fake, right? It's not actually right. my name, right? I mean, it's actually no, my no. name, but it's not actually me, right? No, no. So you've got the races, yeah, in which I can beat a, a, a drivetar of you. Yes, that's so. It's it. an AI trained by your performances, okay. effectively. Uh, that's kind of how I understand it to be. Yes. Um, but then there's also the challenges that you beat in specific times or based on specific conditions. Oh. And those appear. So if you have one of those speed challenges, then when I complete it, I get to see how much better I did than my friends and whichever friends participated in that same event at some point. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Okay, so I'm going to have to go back and beat your scores now. Well, no, you don't. You really don't. It's not, <laughs> not that big of a deal. It's uh, really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Well, uh, on the topic of, of Forza 5... Because I did play Forza Five and I was really excited about it, and I'm a Forza fan. I'm I'm not a biggest big uh, driving you know driving game fan in general or racing game fan in general, uh, but I have traditionally always played like the the Gran Turismo's and the Forzas. They're exceptional. They're really good games, uh, and I'm not counting like Mario Kart's or other or F Zeros, which arcade racers I am a big fan of. Um, mm. However, Forza is dear to my heart. So it actually broke my heart when I launched the game and I tried to input my name and it told me that my name was inappropriate content. Um, right. That was a, a moment where I had to sit back and be like, really? Like the, the love isn't reciprocal? You know, it's just one way. <laughs> and I was so disheartened, I didn't even pick my second choice, which is like, you know, my avatar name. I just left it the default horizon, and I'm like, "You've won this this round." And moved down, and like now I'm driving around with a car with horizon on the back, like the most default. So much so heartbreak like, this episode! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's a, there's a good news to the story. So I, I went on the Twitterverse and I shared the story, and um, it, it escalated all the way up to the top of Microsoft. Like, oh, that's amazing. Contact- yeah, people from playgrounds reached out to me right away, like within within minutes, and they're like, "We're sorry wow. about this. We're yeah. gonna look into it." I think within, good people uh, over there, man. Very good yeah. people, very yeah, kind, very are. understanding. Um, and then within a, a little bit of time, people were reaching out from all levels of, of uh, Xbox, tracking down what it was, and they're like, "Okay, so it was not a thing from playgrounds level; it was from Xbox's level." So they they all all the Xbox game use the same kind of lang- language filter. And Osama was on that filter. So it, it, it means two things. One, Playgrounds can't just patch it quickly because it's not on their side. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll take longer to fix than that, which is bad news, I guess. But the good news is once it's fixed, it'll be fixed for all Xbox games, all Xbox created yeah. games. And they are intending to fix it or the fix should already be through the right. pipeline. So but, hopefully this is the last time I drove around with the uh, name right. that says Horizon. <laughs> the At the same time, it's kind of horrifying that it would need something like this to make that change happen. And it's kind of scary to think that one of the fixes that could happen is just Osama gets fixed. Yep. Yeah. But all the other Arab names that are in there do not. Yeah. Right. I agree. So 
it's good that the response was this good. It's a shame that the response was needed at all. Agreed. And this is the point where they should bring in some sort of Arab um, or Muslim or whoever with experience in these kinds of issues and pay them to get it fixed. Agreed. A hundred. That's really shit. Yeah. But that said, good people at Microsoft and good people at Playground for uh, for you know jumping in so quick and like fixing it. Yeah. Now let's hope it's never needed again. Agreed. Yeah. That's cool. That's a happy ending. I like that. So that's the theme. It's a bit a bit heartbreaking then happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm trying to think of what heartbreak story I have this week. Oh no. No, 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 no. no, no. We, I think no, we've no. had enough of those. So think just, a happy no, just think. Speaking think of like endings, it. I finished Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I just started it. So so no spoilers, please. I'm about four or five hours in. So I'm about a third of the way through. Yes. And I'm loving it. I It took me by complete surprise. I didn't yes. expect to like it this much. Yeah. That's what I was telling Rami last week, actually. Um, this is... Um, it's so funny, and it kept uh, continues yes. to to continues to be funny. And also, so it sounds like you didn't listen to last week's episode, Osama. I so, did actually. I heard you say all of those things. Okay, <laughs> so so <laughs> did, did, did you heard us um, um, referencing you to the llama in the game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't played the game at that point. So I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And when I got to that point, I'm like, oh. <laughs> 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 You're actually last week's podcast was the reason I picked up the game because I was I okay. wanted to play it. it was on my list of, of I'll play it eventually yeah. but I bought it right after finishing listening to the podcast <laughs> that's great and does, I have does it, zero does it stay as good it can, does it keep up for me it continues to be good all the way nice um, nice awesome. um, it uh, there's little moments in that game that I that I really really like. Um, um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, um, I don't want to spoil too much, but when you get there, there's a point when you need to lead the llama through something. What? I didn't get there yet. Yeah. It's hysterical. <laughs> like, I was doing it and laughing so much, and I was just like, these little moments are so good hmm. that I wish they had the bandwidth to add more of them. Right. You and know, I'm hoping I actually, that... Yeah, go ahead, Dusan. I was just going to say, that I made some choices in yeah. the game that... I almost feel like I want to play the game again to see how those choices. But, did you, but how did the the llama thing ended up with for you? Also good. It was uh, no, no for for Osama. Oh, I loved it. I'm super happy. I want to get that what? llama, that specific llama, on a t-shirt. I saved it. <laughs> of course, oh, you saved it. Of that's, course, that's I, all saved I want it. to know. Did you save the llama? Did you not save the llama? Uh, that's like all I need to know. I of course, actually I saved got the llama. so I got um, uh, analysis paralysis, and I did neither. <laughs> what yeah, wow. so I, oh, yeah I neither, there's a timer so there's a timer and i was like what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to do and i didn't do the thing that rami um cheats and it's like he pauses <laughs> the game or something hey listen <laughs> it's a video game if it works within the agency that i have I'm uh, gonna take it. Yeah, <laughs> but i was like oh my god what am i gonna do what am i gonna do and then like the timer went off and um stuff happened um <laughs> so that's that, so like i really like that they have the framework now that i'm hoping that maybe for the next one they'll have more bandwidth to add a lot more of these small interactions and like small little moments that yeah. kind of um that spice things up a bit uh because nice. like you know that the combat is fun the the writing is fun the mm-hmm. the platforming and the exploration is okay but it's then okay. like you know as the game progresses it becomes like you know cutscene walk a bit explore a bit fight um 
um, adding those tiny moments in that like, really break down the the formula, so to say, and, and gets a lot more ex- uh, you know unexpected stuff happening. Mm-hmm. That's uh, awesome to hear. I would love to see that in the, in the the upcoming game, but like you know, the story is um, is full of twists and turns, and yeah, genuinely funny all the way through. I thoroughly nice. enjoyed it. Speak, speaking of uh, finishing things and, and endings, uh-huh. uh, last time we couldn't do emails. Yes. Oh, I, we have an email. We can Ooh. actually jump into the email. Do you want to do that now? Let's do some emails. But if you right. also want to send emails, you should send it to info at thehabibis.com so that Osama can pick it up and we can so us... read it online. Yes. You know how sad Osama gets if there's no emails. I get really sad if there are no emails. It's very, very, de- it's it's just very depressing. But yeah. thankfully, reader, writer, Chance Grayley has sent us an email that I'm going to read online right now and we can answer their question. So uh, Chance says, I'm currently playing through inscription. That's inscription with a Y, not with an yep. I. Mm-hmm. Uh, y in the middle, not the first letter. And it's probably my favorite game th- uh, of the year so far. No spoilers, but that game has a lot of unexpected twists and turns. What are some of your favorite games that were very different from what you expected or at least surprised you in some way? Also, very proud of you guys for almost making it to the one-year mark. I started listening at around episode 15, and I have loved the show ever since. Oh, awesome. thank you. Thank you for joining us on that ride. <laughs> yeah. So I have a couple. Do you, do you all have a couple of games you want to I can, I can think of at least two. All right. I so mean, Inscription is one of them for me. <laughs> I really was not ready for what that game is. It, it's really, really good if you haven't played it. Yeah. I have not yet. It's on my but list. For me, nice. I um, I'm, uh, the Nier Automata was one of the first yep. ones that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went in thinking that it is a game. I played it thinking that it is a different game. I finished it thinking that it is a game only to... Finish it again, <laughs> thinking that it's another <laughs> thing. Um, Nier Automata just kept on surprising me all the way through. Um, mm. Yeah, I, it, it's just like there was, you couldn't expect what, what you're going to see in that <laughs> game. Um, yeah, definitely the first that came to mind. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of surprised me this year, yeah, but in a absolutely. different way. Um, you know, I didn't expect to get, to get as hooked or so, as much into it. As uh, as I was, but like it's a very different way of surprising me as near Automata did. Hmm. Yours, Osama. So I'm gonna pick two recent games because they're fresh on my mind. The first mm-hmm. is a game you mentioned last week, which is Unpacking. Oh yeah, um, Unpacking. That's so good. Really enjoyed it. Well, the part that surprised me is there's actually a narrative in there. There's yeah. a story. Like when you go from one of the levels to the next. It, yeah. it like there's a story that starts unpacking at the same time and yeah. that like that play on words in the title and what it meant i i didn't see it coming i didn't and it was so subtle too that when i realized that there was a story when i was like oh interesting so that's what happened to her next yeah. that like that moment was a little bit mind-blowing because i didn't i didn't expect it i wasn't looking for it yeah. so that's the first one and the second is a game called the forgotten city mm. um so the I didn't know what to expect, but it, but it wasn't that. So a little bit about the game. Uh, it's I thought it, like for the first huge chunk of the game, it's just it's a walking simulator, which is not my favorite genre, uh, ex- except that I do have a few really really uh, like you know dear to me walking simulators that I love. Uh, but in general, I don't. I, it's not it's not my favorite genre. So I didn't expect to even be playing it for long, if I'm perfectly honest. 
but the writing was so good. So you're you wake up on like the, the, the story starts, you wake up on a riverbank, and there's this mysterious stranger who tells you, um, walk through that portal. And you're like, I'm like, what's going on? This seems so weird and rushed. You walk through the portal and you find yourself in Rome, uh, like back in time. <laughs> Uh, in a city that you can't escape and the rest of the game is figuring out where you are why you got there what is the city what's happening and at the beginning i was just like okay you know what i'm gonna pull on this thread because i'm just confused i don't understand what, what's going on or like th- this happened too suddenly th- this can't be what it, what it sets out to be but as you start talking to people you, and you start seeing what the mystery is there's another mystery behind that and another one behind that and the writing is really good. And the, you start like, you know, love when well, you know when you, you play a game and you start falling in love with the characters, like you start seeing all the, the threads between them. So that game took me by complete surprise. I didn't expect to to finish it or like it or love it as much as I did. And I, it's an exceptional game. And I, I played it because it came out on Game Pass. And then I went on and looked at the, the reviews and it's like overwhelmingly positive on Steam, but I had never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. So those are my two surprises uh, for this year. Uh, what about you, Remy? This game I'm going to pick up now after you spoke about it. Osama. That sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a little uneven when it comes to production value, so I'll warn you about that. Like The, yeah. the graphics are actually pretty good, but the animations are not not great. Yeah. So like if you have a stomach for that, yeah. there's a lot of goodness behind yeah. it. I don't know if I touched on unpacking last week, but I just, you know, hats off to that team. What a beautiful, yeah, such a good job. What yes. a beautiful game. I, I finished Absolutely. it two times, and it's wow. very yeah. rare for me that I want to play a game after I finish it. I finished yeah. it twice, and I think I want to play it the third time. It's yeah, it's, it's, so, it's so that good. good. It's so good. It's, it's that so good. It's, so good. it's game of the year material. It's so 100%. good. I had such a funny moment in this game when I'm trying to hang a diploma. And I just couldn't find any wall to hang it yeah, on. So yeah. I ended up putting that diploma on the bathroom wall. <laughs> I was like, really? okay, that's, that could be funny. And then I tried to proceed. And again, I was like, no, no, diplomas don't belong on bathroom walls. <laughs> Even though depending on the diploma, you know, it's debatable. <laughs> yeah. That, that actually, like I put it under the bed and yeah. it hit me. I'm like, because at that part of the story, a little bit of a spoiler about that part of yeah. the story, you realize that the, the protagonist is moving in with someone. And yeah. that someone isn't making enough space for her to put up her diploma. Right. And I'm like, oh, what a jerk. Just for that yeah. moment. <laughs> I'm like, what a jerk. There's no right. place for me to put up my diploma. Right. Like that, that's the kind of storytelling I told like I was talking about that just like came in bits and pieces through the mechanics. It's the entire <laughs> game. The entire game is a narrative. Yeah, yes, that's is. the thing. That's it's the trick. Beautiful. The yes. trick is that it's a puzzle game where every piece of the puzzle is telling you some bit of story, yeah. Yeah. right? It's I, it just remarkable. It's so good. It's so I good. love that, like, um, that there was some items in which, like, oh, it's this again. Like, you know, you open <laughs> yeah, the box back. and then go, yeah. like, oh, no, it's the chickens. <laughs> where, am gonna, where am I going to put the chickens today? <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> Such a lovely yeah. moment. So like, sorry I uh, interjected there, Rami, but I just needed, no, no, because no. I didn't say my opinion. Um, thank you for making this game. What a wonderful, what a wonderful mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you to all the team. Yes. Yeah. What's your surprises, Rami? Uh, oh, God. Um, uh, I was really surprised. I was really surprised by, by 13 Sentinels, which I've mentioned before on this very podcast, but I genuinely did not think I would be interested or like it. And the way the narrative came together was incredible. The other one, 
uh, is Mario Tennis Aces, which ended up being one of my favorite games of all time. <laughs> Didn't think I would like a tennis game. Didn't think that the tennis game was actually a fighting game. And then didn't think I would like a fighting game that much. Mm. So uh, I think it's those two that were like my big my big surprises of the last few years. Yep. Um, yeah, Nier Automata, obviously, like you can't be prepared for Nier Automata. Like that <laughs> no doesn't that's not a that's not a thing. You could have played Nier and still not be ready for Nier Automata. Yeah. It's uh, what a remarkable work. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, unpacking. You know, I think that is everybody's surprise. Uh, at the moment because you know everybody kind of we've seen it coming for such a long time that game like it's been in the i don't know if everybody had been but i've been paying attention to it for for years and the funny part Um, is that it was exactly what i thought it's going to be yeah like i'm gonna take stuff from boxes and put it in its place but i think the surprising part is like how good that is you know yes (laughs) right yes but also how many feelings that evokes that's true that's true. It's too many feelings. I was just like, I'm going to put this thing there and this thing there and then everything will fit. And it was like, I'm going to put this, this thing there and oh. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> I'm just, I'm just, okay, maybe I'm not going to put that there. You know that, I just, it was that. I yeah, was I really it. not ready for it. It was great. It was great. So good. I love it. Yeah, I think that's all the time we have for this week. We're going to put this episode in a box. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Unpack it at a later time. <laughs> Unpack it no, like gonna sh- straight afterwards. <laughs> Literally what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm gonna put this in Audacity. I'm going to post-process it. I'm going to upload it straight as it is. If there was any cursing in this episode, Sorry. I formally apologize. <laughs> It's I, probably I, Osama's fault. I can oh, close come on. so many times, but I <laughs> but I stopped myself. <laughs> I think I think I cursed at one point. So you know, for all of those listening that didn't want to hear that, yeah. our apologies. That's Sorry, right, man. Yeah. Inshallah, we'll we'll be earlier with the recording next. <laughs> inshallah, <laughs> don't hold your breath, but inshallah, yeah, I'm, I'm not holding inshallah. inshallah, inshallah. All right, take care and salam. 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 That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail. You can find on Twitter at T-H-A underscore Rami and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubaydah, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good air tea, with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam alaikum.